COVID for Christmas, the Taylor Swift op, the Biden art scam, and more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 259 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and it's the first show of 2024. Hope everybody had a great Christmas and New Year. I know I had talked about possibly doing a show that week of Christmas. And we ended up missing that one and the next week overall because I ended up getting COVID for Christmas. Woohoo! And that just makes you dead tired. That was about the worst part of it this time around. And we do Christmas Eve with the wife's family. Nobody got sick there. We do Christmas Day with my family. That's where it came from. And right after Christmas, my parents got a phone call from their doctor's office because they had an appointment late the week before leading into Christmas. That said, pretty much the office had lit up like a Christmas tree. Everybody was out with illness. Whether you want to believe it's COVID or the flu, that's going around RSV. All these things seem to be going around a lot right now because, well, it's that time of year. And the weather in this area was really weird going through Christmas. It was still in like the 50s on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. And now we're finally getting ready for the first big snow here in Chicago. It was predicted for Thursday into Friday, anywhere between 10 to 12 inches, I'm sure, which will be a lot of fun. We got a couple of really, really heavy inches of snow the other day so at least i got the snow blower out and that's working already for the blizzard which will possibly show up although most of the time when they say you're going to get 10 to 12 inches of snow you get like an inch they can't predict it but they can tell you what global warming is right so i hope your christmas was better and that you didn't get covid and if you did hope you drank plenty of fluids took your vitamin d took your vitamin c took your zinc course it in all that good stuff load up Just drink, sleep, and pee. That's pretty much what the four days of COVID was like. But that's pretty much what a flu is like. So it's as expected, I would guess. Beyond that, I've been following this Taylor Swift story. I know. No big surprise. Although, as I believe I've mentioned in the past here and on other shows that I do, I don't really follow any of the personal life stuff with any of these singers or actors or actresses or models, anything that I follow, I don't care what they're doing in their personal life. And I guess I am alone when it comes to that. And the big hubbub over this past week or so is an op-ed that the New York Times, the ultra-liberal New York Times put out about Taylor Swift 5,000 words. So this was a massive, I don't know if I want to call it a hit piece, but it kind of seems like a hit piece. 
questioning her sexuality. And this is an interesting thing from the ultra liberals because they're not against eating their own. Taylor Swift has been attacked by a bunch of the far right people because she has different political views than they do. And as a 30 to 40 year old woman, I understand that's probably the average political view of her people that she is possessing. I've already predicted multiple times that Taylor Swift will have a reckoning and realize that she doesn't want to be associated with the far left loons who want to take all of her money and bring communism or socialism into being. That hasn't hit yet. And it might never hit now that her net worth seems to be moving over the billion dollar mark, at least according to Forbes. This new tour making a ton of money. But there's a few things about Taylor Swift that are certain. She loves capitalism. She sells more merchandise than anybody on the planet right now. If you ever thought like Elvis Presley was oversaturated back in the day and it's still a big thing to buy Elvis merchandise, not as big today as it was, obviously, back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. But the Elvis machine is still churning at an unbelievable rate. I don't know how long the Taylor Swift machine will run, but right now, the amount of merchandise she's putting out is absolutely insane. Her catalog, a lot of people don't know, of music was originally sold. She was mad because she didn't get to buy it, although her dad made millions. So there's another weird thing with that one because he owned part of that. So now she's re-recording all of her original albums again so she can resell them and own the masters but a lot of people don't know that after the first round of her masters being sold they were then sold again to a group that was basically funded by soros money which then puts her in a very interesting space because you know georgie he didn't give her the masters it wasn't like thanks for being a lefty supporter we bought your masters for you here they are no and i get why the far right goes against Taylor Swift because they know that she has an ardent fan base that is beyond the scope of anything that can be explained. It really is Beatlemania again, but it's just Beatlemania doesn't happen now. Because the entertainment industry is overall so fractured, but Taylor Swift somehow figured out a way to do this. And I always laugh because there's one guy on social media that continues to argue that Taylor Swift only has a career because her daddy bought it for her. I mean, everybody should invest in a career like that then because over a billion dollars brought in now. Marketing alone does not do that. And Taylor Swift has always been a good songwriter. You can disagree. Some of her albums are better than others, but she has gone in multiple different directions. And artists like Neil Young and Bruce Springsteen have done the same thing. And you look at the catalogs that they have. They also have some albums. Bruce Springsteen, for instance, born in the USA, was a cultural icon. Went to number two, I think. I think Prince 
kept him out of the number one spot. I don't think Bruce ever had the number one album. But Born in the USA sold millions and millions and millions and millions of records where some of his albums that came out after that didn't really sell all that well because he's tried different things. He's gone into acoustic. He's gone into different styles, much like the uh, Seeger Sessions band where it has that New Orleans kind of jazz sound to it. And like all good artists, they experiment and some things work a little bit better than others. Not everything is a super hit, but Taylor Swift has such a rabid fan base at this point that she is a difference maker, which is why I thought it was interesting that a Soros backed group purchased her masters. I mean, maybe they're just looking to make money or maybe they were looking for some leverage over Ms. Swift because she has quickly gone from somebody that could make a difference to somebody that could make a big difference. Meaning if you really pissed off Taylor Swift as the left and she came out, I fully believe if Taylor Swift came out tomorrow morning and said, Hey, Swifties, I've had a change of heart. New information has come to light. I think you should vote for Donald Trump. I don't even think the election is close. I think she has that kind of power. And having that kind of power is very concerning for the people that had the power or still have the power, have a decent amount. You know, the Soros is the people that are part of the shadow governments to put all the money into politics to get things done the way they want them to be done. Taylor Swift all of a sudden has the money to do whatever she wants and a fan base under her control. And I know that's probably a bad way to phrase it, but there are a lot of people that would be influenced by Taylor Swift's opinion on something so much so that she alone could decide a presidential election. I believe that it's crazy. I understand, but I believe that that is true. So you look at why Taylor Swift has the fan base that she does. And like all musical artists, your fan base is there because people can find something in your music that they relate to. And the beautiful thing about music is that people can have vastly different interpretations of lyrics. And that's a beautiful thing. Bono of U2 has talked about that in the past. He intentionally writes lyrics that are vague and That allows people to take them in a bunch of different directions, often in directions that he never thought of himself, which is a beautiful thing. The people that really fall in love with music, there's a reason because they can relate to it. They can see themselves in those songs. And it would also explain why female artists often have a huge female audience and vice versa. Male artists often have huge male audiences depending on the content that you're putting out. 
So people find things in the music that they like. And of course, that's when they become fans. They associate with the artist. Now, it doesn't matter to me what that artist's gender is or sex, as our buddy Larry Blinder over at that Larry show says. We only say sex. We don't say gender. Or it doesn't matter to me what their sexual orientation is. I don't care. If they're putting out good music, that is really all that matters. In Taylor Swift's case, she seems to have formed a strange bond with a huge part of her audience. And a big part of that, no doubt about it, would be honesty that they believe that she is living her life and letting them in on all of those little jokes, all of the Easter eggs that are dropped within her music and things like that, that she is a pretty much open book. So it is quite interesting at this point when the New York Times, the once glorious paper of record and now just nothing more than a supermarket rag comes out with a 5,000 word opinion piece making the case that they believe is Taylor Swift gay? Maybe is Taylor Swift gay? Oh my goodness. It was written by a woman named Anna Marks, who is an editor for the New York Times. I'm wondering if she's in hiding yet because posting something like this about Taylor Swift will then have millions of people immediately trying to make your life hell. And posting something like this, which is a well-crafted piece, 5,000 words. This is not a short little blurb trying to make all of these threads somehow pull in the same direction that she wants them to, to make the case that, no, no, you can look right here. Taylor's been signaling us all along that she was gay. Now, the article starts out talking about another country singer named Shelley Wright, who had a career in country music long before Taylor Swift came around. And full disclosure, I know Shelly Wright. I worked for her fan club back in the day and even ran it briefly as there was a, uh, a bit of controversy surrounding it that had nothing to do with her sexuality. But her sexuality was a very well-kept secret. I didn't know anything about it. Didn't really care. Never really considered it. Looking back, it has to suck you have to completely hide your identity in order to have a career. One of her biggest hit songs, Shelly Wright, that is, was called uh, Single White Female, written by another very nice lady named Carolyn Dawn Johnson, who I also know and worked for back in the day, who wrote that track. And the lyrics are, um, single white female looking for a man like you. And that was Shelley Wright's biggest hit and obviously did not ring true with who she was as a person because she is gay. But country music back at that time was not really welcoming to the LGBTQ plus community. And I don't know if they even are at this point when it comes down to country music, because you're looking at the demographic that listens to the music 
And I don't know exactly where country music sits. They lost me a couple of decades ago anyway, when they went to the total pop crap that they have been putting out. But I digress. This woman with the New York Times begins this article talking about the fact that Shelley Wright considered suicide because of the situation that she was in and asked the question then, if country music hasn't changed enough, what's to say that the larger entertainment industry and by extension, our broader culture has? That's the question that this New York Times article is beginning with. They're going to an extreme case of a female country music star that was gay, that was hiding it, that was depressed and considered suicide. That's how they're considering this hit piece saying, well, we believe Taylor Swift is gay possibly, and she just can't come out because, you know, if the country music industry couldn't do it 20 years ago, well, what does that say about today? Well, there's a lot of things that have changed between 20 years ago and today and the overall entertainment industry, which is where Taylor Swift is now. I don't know if this woman has figured out that she's not a country music star anymore, that the overall entertainment industry way more LGBTQ friendly than the country music industry is with that said, I think if somebody comes out and is openly gay, that will change the way the fan base looks at them. It will change the way people feel that they can relate to them. Much the same way, if you would ask somebody that is openly out and gay, well, how do you relate to, you know, Donald Trump, an old cis white guy? Do you feel like you relate to them? And they'll be like, well, no. Well, then why do you think that an old cis white guy would relate to somebody in your position in the same way? People, no matter what, are going to relate to those who are the most like them, no matter what it is that they are, if that makes sense. So if you are a female lesbian artist and you write songs specifically about other females and the lyrics are very clear about that well then you may not have a lot of straight women who are going to be like yeah i want to sing that song i like that song i can relate to that song no i mean the beauty of music again is in the vagueness of it melissa etheridge great artist came out with one of the greatest albums of the 1980s before she came out as gay and when you go back and listen to her songs, they are smoldering love songs, but they are very much non-sex slash gender specific. And that's the way you should write songs. That way everybody can relate to them. No matter who's listening to them, that would be the way to do it. So I feel really bad for Shelley Wright to have to had to go out there every night and sing on a stage. I'm just a single white female looking for a man like you and she's just looking for a woman. I don't think anybody should have to hide who they are in order to have a career. But I do understand that people, again, are going to back the people that are the most like them. There's a reason why. The people that are Cuban love the Cuban baseball players. 
it's just the way it is. You try to find somebody that you see yourself in them. And those are the people that you back, whether it's sports, whether it's music. Most people probably don't even have an idea that they're doing it, but it's just the way that human nature is. We are going to gravitate to things that we relate to. So I question why this article was written. Now, there's a lot of ways you can look at it, and it's being written under the guise of, oh, no, what if Taylor is just being held captive because she can't come out and be her true self? We're just trying to do something good. We're just trying to point out something that would help. But I believe that the end result, if Taylor Swift came out as gay, I think it would have a massive effect on her audience. And I'm not saying that people would immediately just turn on her, but it's possible. You don't know. And not because of the fact that she would be gay, but because of the fact that people believed that they know Taylor Swift, which is also a very weird thing. Doesn't just happen with Taylor Swift. You see it happening all the time with celebrities of all sorts that people feel like they know them. They're friends. They're in their inner circle. So if a bombshell is dropped, and I hate that word, but if a bombshell is dropped and all of a sudden that world is turned upside down, the fan base would feel like they have been lied to. So I'm really curious as to why this piece is being written now. Is it because Taylor Swift had amassed too much power to be able to have too much control over what is going on in our society right now in America and worldwide? Did she have a little bit too much power and we need to start breaking that down? Or is it just a case that the left again, in this case, the New York Times? No, you can't just support people that are LGBTQ. No, that's not enough. You have to be one. You can't just be an advocate for a group. You have to be a part of it. And Taylor Swift has talked about this in the past, which I thought was interesting that at one point she realized that you could be an advocate for a group that you're not a member of. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I don't want people targeted because of their sexuality. I don't want people targeted because of their religion. I don't want people targeted because of the color of their skin. Even if all of those things are different than what I am personally, there is not a problem with somebody who has a platform standing up and saying, hey, don't be a jerk. The problem just may come because then you're not doing enough. When Taylor Swift gave a million dollars to the Nashville Relief Fund, whatever it was, for the victims of the tornadoes that they had down there not long ago, there were some people complaining that she wasn't giving enough. It's absolutely insane. But this is a case that is worthy of watching whether you like Taylor Swift or not. This is a way bigger story when you look at what is behind it and why things are being done, and just how politics as a whole is affected throughout the world, 
And Taylor Swift's fan base is big enough to make a difference. Man, I have to turn my cell phone off. What is with? There's all of a sudden spam numbers today calling about every 20 minutes. Very strange. Had to go to the app that will block everything besides the numbers on the contacts. I'm curious, anybody else getting these? Or am I lucky for some reason? Just nonstop ringing of the cell phone. But speaking of artists, not quite as big as Taylor Swift, but Hunter Biden, I mean, he's getting there. His artwork is selling like hotcakes. And it turns out there are a lot of questions about the selling of that artwork, especially since he is the son of a president and hadn't sold anything, I think, before 2021. Hunter Biden, a new artist in getting tens of thousands of dollars for the pieces that he is selling. Let's go back in time for a second to when Jen Psaki was still the White House spokesperson. When Hunter Biden's art started being sold, she said, quote, a system has been established that allows for Hunter Biden to work in his profession within reasonable safeguards. And by that, she meant as an artist. Continuing, quote, but all interactions regarding the selling of art and the setting of prices will be handled by a professional gallerist adhering to the highest industry standards. Any offer out of the normal course would be rejected out of hand, she said. So Jen Psaki told us that there were things put into place to make sure that all of this art was going to be sold on the up and up. The gallerist they were talking about is a guy named Georges Burgess, who testified under oath that he never had any communication at all with the White House. He said he didn't know anything at all about any ethics agreements. And according to James Comer, who is leading this investigation, said this is just another lie that the White House has told to the mainstream narrative and the American people with respect to the Biden family's shady business games. Comer has the House committee that is looking into this stuff. And the highlights from what this art dealer have said were interesting, but the main ones would be first off presidential appointee and donor Elizabeth Hirsch Naftali bought some of Hunter Biden's artwork. And okay, you're like, okay, somebody bought a presidential appointee, bought some of the artwork from Hunter. That's interesting. Maybe. One piece she bought before she was appointed to a federal commission by Joe Biden. And then another one after. Yeah, this doesn't seem like payola at all, does it? Does it? What do you think? Bought one of Hunter Biden's pieces of art. All of a sudden gets appointed to a federal commission by Joey. And then buys another piece of Hunter Biden art. Then Kevin Morris a Democrat donor who befriended Hunter Biden and then became one of his lawyers, also bought some artwork. Just the News looked into this, justthenews.com. They reported late last year that federal investigators had confirmed that Morris, a respected Hollywood talent lawyer, had bought at least one Hunter Biden painting for more than $47,500 and loaned the first son more than $5 million since Joe Biden 
began running for president. A painting for $47,500. I am in the wrong business. I should be painting right now. I should not be talking to you. I should be painting and getting those artworks out there. I bet you I could paint better than Hunter Biden. Comer revealed Morris's assistance to Hunter Biden was even larger because the gallerist Burgess testified that Morris bought closer to $900,000 in paintings from Hunter Biden. That's absolutely amazing. Quoting Comer, it's very safe to say that your figure on Kevin Morris is probably somewhere around $6 million to Hunter Biden. So that would include the loans and the artwork and everything else that we know of thus far. Now, Kevin Morris will have an opportunity to come in and explain that. End quote. That ought to be interesting. He is slated to be interviewed by Comer's Oversight Committee in the coming weeks. And if that happens, I will most likely be talking about that here. But are you hearing about this in a lot of places? No, the Biden crime family, nothing to see here. Buy a painting, get appointed by Joe Biden to a cushy job, and then buy another Hunter Biden painting. I'm sure that's just coincidental. I'm sure they saw the value in Hunter Biden's beautiful works that he's throwing out there. I'm sure it can't be anything else. I'm sure it can't be influence peddling under the guise of artwork, right? I'll still take any artwork that Taylor Swift puts out over anything Hunter Biden does. But this show that you're listening to right here, you don't have to pay thousands of dollars, but you can because it is a value for value show, which means I put them out there. They're not behind a paywall. Hopefully you get some value out of them. And if you do, you get to decide how much value you received from listening to the show. Is it a latte's worth of value? Is it a large pizza's worth of value? Or is it a small Mercedes's worth of value? Would Mercedes is, would that be the duplicate of Mercedes or would it just be Mercedes? Would you say like, I've got a hundred Mercedes in the garage or a hundred Mercedes is it's probably just Mercedes. These are the kind of things Bandrew would cut out of his podcast, but why would I do that? We're telling you it's value for value. And sometimes you get a chuckle out of those things that are left in that maybe you shouldn't be. But if you got value out of the show, go to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com, that is slash donate click on that donate button if you like paypal and want to do a one-time or monthly you can use the qr codes or wallet addresses if you got the crypto thing going on you can use the p.o box address if you want to let uncle sam deliver your donation and if you're in the podcasting 2.0 ecosystem you can go over to newpodcastapps.com if you don't know what that means but you can send us some boosts And if you're over on Patreon, just search for Random Thoughts over there. They are all valid ways to get some value back to us here on the Random Thoughts podcast. Yes, me and the big staff of one. And I do have a few people to thank for today's show, and I believe they're all recurring. So thank you very much to Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley coming in with his monthly $15. That is very much appreciated. And then over from Patreon, our buddies, Brian Janak with five dollars and tim hezel with five dollars it is all appreciated to keep the lights on the microphone sounding good the web hosting being paid and yes even the p.o box which keeps going up the smallest p.o box in our crappy little post office i think is up to 168 bucks a year absolutely insane 
And yes, Anonymous and Harry Pilgrim, I saw you with the boost and the streaming sats. It is all very much appreciated to help these random thoughts episodes continue to churn on out. And I apologize for missing the week. Hopefully we're back on a weekly schedule as we move forward and avoid any of the other flus or those things that are floating around. I mean, I got my flu shot, so I should be bulletproof, right? (laughs) I know a lot of people like, no, don't get any flu shots. But feel free to reach out Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L over on X. Also, Darren O'Neill at No Agenda Social if you're on Mastodon or Darren at RandomThoughts.com. Let me know what you get for Christmas. Anything good? Would you rather buy a Taylor Swift painting or a Hunter Biden? Do you really care if your favorite musicians or whoever are gay or straight? Does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? Or is it all just a distraction to keep you from figuring out what is really going on? So I listen to random thoughts. I will try to get to the heart of the matter every time, and I may not be right every time, but I am going to try. So until next time, thank you very much for giving me your time to listen to the show. I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 